Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Star Spangled Eurovision. Yeah, uh, we are back after a slightly longer than promised hiatus, but here we are. Uh, wanna apologize in advance to the dog noises you might hear in the background. We are dog sitting baby Moxie, and she's nibbling on a toy that may or may not have a squeaky. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know her life. I don't know what she does. <laughs> Uh, well, hopefully she contributes to our discussion. You know, I think I think her uh, her input will be very valuable. Teaching her to bark every time I say Alexander Rubak. Rubak. <laughs> that was totally her. Good job. <laughs> anyway, uh, so we have a really fun show for you today. We have a burning question that we got from one of our uh, listeners to discuss. Um, we'll get there. But first, before we get to uh, the main topic, um, we got some big Eurovision news coming up. Uh, firstly, some news on the host city. Originally, nine Dutch cities put forth bids. Um, four have dropped their bids before they could officially be looked at, um, including Amsterdam. So it's not going to be happening in Amsterdam in 2020. Uh, the rest of the five, Rotterdam, Maastricht, Arnhem, Utrecht, and Den Bosch, um, three of them, Arnhem, Utrecht, and Den Bosch, got eliminated. So now it's down to either Rotterdam or Maastricht. So I don't know about you, but I'm kind of like personifying the selection process. So like each city is like representative of a person and like pulling yourself from consideration before being considered is like Amsterdam being like, ah, think twice. Or, you know, like, <laughs> don't look this way. And the other one's getting them to like, oh, I'd love to have you over. And it's like, mm, thank you. Next. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think Amsterdam actually pulled out because like all of their big venues were like booked for that time period. Oh, it wasn't just because everyone was like super high and they forgot <laughs> to file within the deadline. That could also like, be oh. the case. <laughs> Sorry, Dutch listeners, for devolving into stereotypes here, but... I'm not sorry. <laughs> Chicken and waffle eating. Sm- <laughs> marijuana smoking. Something. I don't know. Okay. <laughs> anyway, um, so it's going to be either in Rotterdam or Maastricht in 2020, and we'll find out sometime in mid-August. Uh, so look forward to that announcement. Second of all... <laughs> There it is. <laughs> Thank you, Mossy. There it is. Oh, maybe I taught her to bark to Mossy. <laughs> yep, there we go. <laughs> Sorry. It's okay. Thank you, Mossy. <laughs> anyway, um, second big piece of news. The Eurovision 2019 Song Contest is officially on Netflix for American viewers. Ooh. Only for American viewers? I actually don't know, but it is on Netflix in America, so American viewers can watch it without a VPN, which is great. No geo-blocking on that, unless you don't have Netflix, which is Then geo-blocking won't help you. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, so the 2019 contest is available. Hilariously, it's labeled as season one, even though it's definitely just season 65. Because Max has been checking it out since the moment <laughs> the, the link I became was, live. I was like refreshing Netflix, being like, when is it going to... They didn't post it till like this afternoon, and it was... Mm. Anyway. <laughs> uh, they will also put the 2020 contest up after it airs. They will not be live streaming it. Um, so we'll We'll see how to stream 2020 for Americans in 2020. No news on that yet, but 
if you miss it, it'll be on Netflix right after. Yeah. How, how would you miss it? Like, if you're listening to this Eurovision podcast and, like, you forget or whatever happens and you don't watch Eurovision... <laughs> Yeah, I don't. Mm. Not really relevant to you guys, but when you want to rewatch it, yes, it'll be on Netflix. I'll be rewatching <laughs> no the 2019 show soon. I hope there are no commercials. <laughs> um, so I think this decision is probably like the decision of Netflix to take on Eurovision is probably related to the fact that they're doing a Eurovision movie with Will Ferrell. So they're probably trying to be like. What is Eurovision for all the Americans who don't mm, know? Yeah. I'm assuming. So hopefully some Americans just like see it and are like, what is this? And then get really into it. I think that's that's what Netflix is banking on. So we'll see, I guess. Um, also, you know, uh, just in time uh, to get people excited for the proposed U.S. version of the song contest that's in the works for 2021. <laughs> All very corporate. So, like, American <laughs> Idol? Well, apparently it's, like, a thing where they want to have, like, all the states send a representative, and, like, it'll be, like, a U.S. version of Eurovision. Does D.C. get a representative? I guess we'll what find about, out What about Puerto Rico, Max? <laughs> I'm not... What about Puerto Rico? <laughs> what about Guam? What Guam? about Guam? Damn. <laughs> this is already a super unfair contest. I hate it. And also, are you telling me that all of California gets one representative and the same goes for New Hampshire? Are you kidding me? I mean, the same thing happens in Europe. Like, Germany think gets about, one representative and so does Think about Moldova. all the talent you're losing out on. And I don't want to see whatever's coming out of Utah. I'm telling you that right now. I don't like it. The Mormons it's have bad. It's just bad. <laughs> Yeah, well, uh, we'll leave the discussion of the U.S. Song Contest for another episode, because I feel like that can be a full episode. <laughs> yeah, Moxie, you can bark at that if you want. No? Okay. Now she stays silent. <laughs> now she's silent. She's like, no, nah, that's American. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, moving on to our uh, main topic of the day. So, thank you to Evan Stewart uh, on Twitter. So, moving on to the topic of the day. Um, thank you so much to Evan Stewart for suggesting this when we ask for suggestions on Twitter. Um, basically, the topic for discussion today are juries still relevant at Eurovision. And I guess this is important because there was a lot of hullabaloo this year about the discrepancy between the jury vote and the televote. Um, at Eurovision this year, for example, Norway won the televote by like 30 points or something like that above the second place uh, finisher. Um, but they placed 18th with the juries. And uh, Macedonia, who won with the juries, placed 12th in the televote. And the winner ended up being the Netherlands, which was second in the televote and third with the juries. Um, Sweden came in second with the juries, but did pretty badly with the televote, um, relatively speaking. The same thing happened last year, where Sweden also, I think, came second with the juries and got, like, last place with the televote or something. Yeah. And so in they, that case, the televote was wrong. <laughs> last year? Well, yeah, Sweden should always win. Oh, okay. Even Benjamin Grosso? Yes. <laughs> I'm, not just just saying, very unsure I'm not just saying this because I'm super stubborn and I'm not going to back down from my point, but yes. <laughs> so basically, in 2019, neither the fan favorite nor the jury favorite won the competition. Um, so I guess I, this question sparked sort of 
made me want to like investigate further and to see what the actual influences of the jury was on the overall result of the contest since we've had juries. Um, so I think we should talk a little bit about maybe the history of juries and how they play into the contest. Specifically Eurovision juries, not yeah, like oh, okay. the yes, jury process in general. Going back to the 1300s. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so a little bit of history on juries. Um, so all the winners from the beginning of the contest in 1956 up until 1997, so the first like 40 years of the contest, um, before the first televoting systems were implemented, um, jury or the winners were chosen by juries. Um, they varied in size over the years, but overall, uh, only juries were the ones giving points and declaring the winners. Um, between 1997 and 2002, uh, depending on a country's televoting capabilities, there was a mix of televoting juries. Um, there are some years where um, countries got to choose whether they wanted a 50-50 system or a purely jury system. And then from 2003 until 2008, only televoting was allowed, um, with backup juries used only in case of a failure with the televote. So the 50-50 system as we know it only came into play in 2009. And so since then, juries have uh, made up of five music industry professionals um, who were supposed to have no ties to any of the songs or performers. Um, and the idea was that they would be able to evaluate a song on its artistic merits um, without being swayed by politics or favoritism or you know, stuff like that. Well, favoritism is the whole point of the telephone. Uh, you, you know what I mean. Like, <laughs> you yes, know, I know uh, okay. I'm being an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> what else is new? Why do I have you on here? Um, so do you, do you think that is a good idea? I mean, I don't know if, like, if you look back on the history of winners, why they decided that we were picking too many favorites in, like, the earlier 2000s, that they would have to bring the jury vote back. Well, I guess, like, there were a lot of criticisms of, like, block voting and, you know, political, like... Well, who was winning then? Can you guess? Yeah, so I mean, in 2008, it was Russia. Well, it wasn't 2000. So you said it was that. It was 2003, right? Yeah, I guess 2003 was the first year, and I think that was Sir Tabernair for Turkey, every way that I can. Mm -hmm. After that, I think Estonia won. No, Estonia was before. Um, 2004 was Greece. 2005. God, I'm. This is embarrassing. I should know all of these. <laughs> 2007 was Serbia. 2008 was Russia. 2006 was Lordy. So are they just get? Are they just? I'm I'm confused. Are they just upset that they're just upset that Russia won once? I don't know. And Russia wasn't even like a problem country. Yeah. <laughs> back then. So yeah, I'm, I'm actually curious. That's, like, that's those... a lot more diverse than it is now with jury voting. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah, I wonder. <laughs> that's a good question. So, God forbid Serbia win again. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, I haven't looked at the like second and third places, or if like the same countries kept doing well still. But the trend seemed to be that like the winner would still sort of, you know, the deserving winner would still win um, before then. So I don't really know why they it's switched. Deserving winner. You know what I mean? Like, I know. That song still won, right? Well, like the well, favorite. Yeah, but it's like, the, the, yeah, the favorite of the 
public, right? Is like, are we saying the favorite and that, you know, I wanted Italy to win the past three years and the jury vote is intended to help guide them closer to the top than because that they were considered well, like top maybe, tier songs? Maybe I mean, in a way it's also meant to sort of temper the way that voters might be drawn specifically to like big celebrities or like a show that's like mostly visuals and not necessarily something that might win for its artistic merit, for example. Like, I, I don't guess... agree. I don't agree with that though. But, I don't uh, think, well, the reason, the reason why I don't agree with it <clears throat> is I don't think that the jury vote necessarily has picked those, has also, selected wanna... their top songs to be the ones I want to look at the results since we started the juries um, and see if there's been any any influence on that, right? And so, like, I looked back at the, the winners of the last few of the contest since 2009, both the televote winners and the jury winners. And so far, six times, the same act won both the televote and the jury. So that was Alexander Rybak in 2009, Lena in 2010, Lorena in 2012, Emily DeForest in 2013, Conchita in 2014, and Salvador Sobral in 2017, all won both the televote and the jury vote. So they were clearly the favorites of both, right? Mm -hmm. Twice, um, the act that won the televote without the jury vote won overall. And that was Ellen Nicky in 2011 for Azerbaijan and Neta. 2018. Only once did the overall winner of the jury vote, but not the televote, win. And that was in 2015 with Mons and Merlip. Right? Um, and then... Oh, okay. Well, Mons should have won, so now it makes sense. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm well, totally so I messing with you. I want to get there, right? And so, <laughs> that means, so 2016 and 2019 are the only years since 2009 um, included where neither the winner of the televote or the jury vote won the whole competition, right? And then 2016 was Jamala, and 2019 was Duncan. Yeah, wait, so what happened with, I mean, Jamala, they must have had some sort of impact, because that was all political. Well, so, yeah, what's interesting is, like, Russia that year won the televote, but came in fifth with the juries, and then Australia actually won the jury vote, but came in fourth with the televote, and Jamala came in second with both, and so she ended up winning. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, had it been, had we just used the televote score, Russia would have won. And so, I guess, in a way that, you know, in 2016, they definitely, the juries kind of did what they were quote-unquote supposed to do. Uh, or not supposed to do, I guess, like keep it from being too political. I don't know. I mean, yeah, but you could also make the argument that the jury is purely political. Right, I guess. Right? I mean, like, because yeah. we've already had this discussion about whether or not black voting actually existed, and mm -hmm. we did not find enough evidence to actually support yeah. that black voting was strong at all. So I kind of want to get rid of that notion a little bit. And I just, I want to know why we have a jury. Like, I don't have a problem with it. I'm not saying get rid of it, but I don't understand what initiated Okay, juries. so basically the only, well, the only three years where the juries, where the winner did not win the jury, or sorry, the winner did not win the televote, right? Were months. Jamala and Duncan. And so, but like with Mons, for example, in 2015, like I personally think Mons was the best one and deserved to win. Because I think Italy 
with Il Volvo won the won the televote, which I think looked like you know it was like a fun show, like a big good performance, but it wasn't like the best song. That's just my personal opinion. Yeah, but yeah, I yeah. mean that, that, that's your personal opinion. I mean, you could say the same thing about uh, Netta winning. Yeah, I mean, I guess they picked they picked it was Austria a to win, song. Right? Yeah. yeah. Oh. Yeah, see, he also has an issue Yeah, I guess so. Netta, the fan favorite that year, um, was also, yeah, like a very flashy song. Um, but she did win the televote. Yeah, but not the jury vote. And the jury picked Austria, which was, I guess, more traditionally like a quote good song. Um, or like, you know, one that like a songwriter, like a professional music industry person would be find it more appealing than I wouldn't have said it was more professional though I thought it was like a very basic pop song I think I would say like maybe like more classic and more like appealing to someone who's like a music industry professional Austria's not a no no yeah I know you're talking about Austria I I I always saw Austria as like just like kind of sugar poppy like very really it's yeah. kind of like this really like soulful like it's only soulful for the first like two seconds okay like after the, like after the chorus agree to disagree on uh, that one. yeah um anyway like I just those three years where the jury is sort of quote unquote had an effect like I personally agree with the results so I don't know how much that is good for this argument because it's personal <laughs> yeah, no, I don't... I mean, I didn't have an opinion going in either way, but based on the information you just gave me, I kind of think juries are useless. Okay, fair. Well, then Norway would have won this year. Would you have agreed with that result? Norway was better than the Netherlands. No, they weren't. Yeah, uh, <laughs> you're off the podcast. I wanted Italy to win, so... True. But, well, Italy wouldn't have... They came behind Duncan. They, they wouldn't have won regardless, yeah. so... <laughs> anyway, um, okay, so, I guess, so what, oh, I guess what I'm suggesting is a third form introduced <laughs> that will score. skew <laughs> the vote in favor of Italy. <laughs> um, so actually, this so just looking at you know who won the tell who won the jury vote every year. Okay, so clearly didn't give us much of an answer on whether like juries are. Pointless or not? Sorry. I mean, you like we 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 disagree on it, so there's not yeah. like a clear answer, right? Uh-huh. Um, so I <laughs> I dove a little bit further um, and did a data analysis of all the ranks of the televote and the jury vote from 2009 to 2019. Put all this data in a spreadsheet and basically calculated a discrepancy score um, for every year, uh, from. 2009-2019 that measures the discrepancy between the jury vote and the televote. And what I found was actually 2019, despite being, I think, one of the most sort of on the surface, it looks like the high, one of the highest discrepancies. Um, and I know like we've had I've, more complaints have been launched about this year than I think that I've seen in for past years. Actually, it has one of the lowest discrepancy scores throughout the entire, you know, top 26 for each um, of all the years, right? It's I think it's like fourth from last. So like, you know, low to middling discrepancy score. If you look at just the top five, it, it's a little more in the average range, but overall, 
not a high discrepancy. Interestingly enough, one of the worst years for discrepancy was last year, 2018, but the winner of the televote won anything. And so, and I looked at those years where, you know, the jury, neither the jury winner nor the televote winner um, won the competition. Um, and yeah, their discrepancy scores aren't that much above average. Actually, one of the lowest discrepancy scores is for, um, if you look at just the top five, um, it's actually for 2015, where Mons won the jury vote but on the televote. Um, and the highest discrepancy scores um, were years that were actually 2011 and 2018, uh, where actually, you know, the televote winner won but did not win the jury vote. I don't know if that says anything. I don't know what any of these results mean. <laughs> but it's it's interesting, I think, somehow. Um, so if any of you... I will put the status set up and make it available uh, to our listeners. The, the link will be in the show notes and on Twitter. Uh, feel free to take a look at all this data and tell us if it means anything, because there's much work and professionalism Can you put I put it into... in a flowchart? I just... I don't... I'm not a data scientist. <laughs> Which is why I'm very impressed with myself that I was able to do get this far. But as far as data analysis goes, I'm going to leave it to y'all to to maybe play with um, to figure out what any of this means. <laughs> also interesting in this data analysis. So I also compared the um, televote ranking to the final results, so the final ranking, um, and the jury ranking to the final ranking for every year. And it looks like the discrepancy scores for the televote compared to the final is a lot lower than the discrepancy uh, between the jury ranking and the final. So I also don't know what that means, whether the televote, I guess the televote kind of comes, the televote ranking comes closer to the final result. I don't understand why that would be because they're 50-50, so I don't know why it would have, why it would seem to have more weight in some way, but I think theories? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, but I, w- I will say I think that the outside of data that the jury vote is when people do their analysis or, you know, all those posters come out suggesting things. It really is kind of based on jury, uh, based on, you know, how the jury has voted in the past in the different countries. And I think that with favorites going into the show, that that may weigh on to, you know, how the televote ends up going down in the end, maybe? I guess that's true. Yeah, in some way, like, the favorites, you know... Or if the predictions some... are way off, then... <laughs> That would be an interesting analysis on its own. Let's see if the, you know, if the odds are... To measure um, the odds against the winner? Against the final yeah. winner. Um... But yeah, I don't. I don't think enough people are like hardcore Eurovision fans to the point where like it actually influences them. I feel like I feel like we've switched. I feel like when we started doing this, I every episode was like, listen, only like five people look at these scores, and I'm like, it would be interesting (laughs) to do an allow do regression. (laughs) Um. So yeah. Uh, Thank you, Maxi. Yes. Um, so yeah, I don't I don't know what any of these numbers mean, and I feel like this is still inconclusive. But super. Inconclusive. I do I do see your point where like it doesn't actually look if you just look at like who won in what year, 
right? And like compare the jury vote and the televote, like it doesn't seem that the jury has that much influence over the overall results because the televote winner has won eight times out of 11. It just makes people feel more comfortable about the outcome. Does it? I don't know. <laughs> I was thinking that was my concluding remark. I mean, yeah, I guess the only, yeah, like, I appreciate that Russia didn't win in 2015 or 2016, and I'm happy Jamal did, so I'm really happy for the juries there, but, like, otherwise, I don't, like, I prefer Duncan to Kaino, which I love Kaino, but I don't think they should have won, but, you know, they could have won, and I guess I would have been happy. In the sky. <laughs> <laughs> so, you're about jury's good or bad. Keep them relieved. You know what? You know what they say. You want to be judged by a jury of your peers, so keep it. <laughs> I don't know what that means. <laughs> Just keep. I mean, honestly, I just I enjoy the jury vote because some countries just have some people in those countries that have atrocious atrocious music taste, <laughs> and I just enjoy seeing who they give their points to. And then we get, then we get and snap. It was like Belarus, where just like the jury doesn't understand basic instructions and just like doesn't know what to do. So um, I don't know. Yeah, I'm, I'm still conflicted on this. Um, so, I guess, let us know what you think. Um, you know, we know what Moxie thinks. We know what Moxie thinks. I think Moxie is anti-jury. She doesn't like to be judged. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, reach out to us on social media and let us know what you think. You can follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Eurovision, Twitter at SSE underscore pod, Instagram at uh, starspangled Eurovision. Send us an email uh, at starspangled Eurovision at gmail.com. We have now made up a coffee page. Coffee is kind of like a Patreon, except they don't take your money when you transfer to your bank. And so go to coffee.com, that's ko-fi.com slash starspangled Eurovision. And, uh, <laughs> In case you want to continue funding, does it our... split? Does it split the payment in three, or does it just go into your bank account? Uh, do you pay for the hosting? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, this is uh, a sham. I want you to know right now. <laughs> we would really love you uh, to contribute a couple of dollars. It does take money that we pay out of pocket to continue doing this podcast. Um, and so for every fun. dollar, for every dollar, a little kid becomes inspired by your vision song. For every dollar, we can bring you more content. Can you put, like, a sad Eurovision entry on in the background while we talk about this donation? This Sarah McLachlan Eurovision edition? Please help us. In the eyes of the We really need your donations to keep going. Um, yeah, we would, honestly, we would really appreciate um, any contribution uh, that you could give us. So go to ko Eurovision. Um, do it for Moxie, who's been a wonderful guest on today's yeah, and podcast. And she's starving. <laughs> like, <laughs> feed Moxie. Moxie. Feed her. <laughs> Even though we're just dog sitting. <laughs> anyway, uh, we'll work on our donation pitch for next time. But <laughs> thank you so much for listening, and 
and we will see you next month with a brand new episode. Yeah, thank you guys so much for tuning in. Look forward to seeing you in the next episode. Bye.